welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. So welcome back, Nicole. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? Doing great as always. You know, it's always fun talking about horses and you always get giddy uh, when, when we record these episodes. So today, we're going to reverse for what we co- we covered last week. And again, last week, we were talking about feeding the anxious horse. Today, we're going to talk about the lazy horse, the opposite end of the spectrum, you know. So I guess kind of starting off like we did last week, what do you consider a lazy horse? You see, Chris, I have never owned a lazy horse really? because I am a, I'm a lazy rider. If I go try a horse and have to kick a bunch, I'm like, nope, not for me. But um, how other people have described lazy horses to me, I think this falls into two buckets. One is going to be your horses that you just get on and you got nothing. You got a kick, you got a spur. It takes a lot to get them going. So some people will refer to that when they're talking about this. The other thing I don't necessarily think people would call this lazy per se, but kind of in the same realm, I sometimes get questions around my horse runs out of energy. So maybe it is happy to do the job. It doesn't take a lot of work to get it going, but partway through, it just feels like it kind of dies out on me. What can I change in my feeding program to give my horse more energy to sustain performance? It, no, it, it's just, it is such an interesting topic because, you know, I, I've been around quite a few lazy, lazy mares, you know, doing a lot of repro work and, and just getting them to move. And it, it just makes me laugh when we talk about these different types of horses, because they all have different types of personalities. So what, you know, cause I'm thinking behavior, but there, there could be some other contributing factors, right. To, to what causes that laziness. Sure. So I would say a big one for a lot of horses who are quote unquote lazy simply does come down to training. They've been desensitized over time to not be sharp off your aids. So you get on, you give them a squeeze and they're like, "Mm, yeah, so what? So for those horses who maybe they used to be pretty forward and now all of a sudden their energy level seems to have really gone down really rapidly, there are some different health considerations that you would want to make sure aren't causing this. So some of them could be pain, so some sort of low-level lameness. Sometimes some of our muscle myopathy horses, so like with polysaccharide storage myopathy, sometimes that, because they have kind of low-level chronic muscle pain, that might you know, be exhibited as a laziness or a refusal to go forward. Other things, I worked with a customer, and it was really interesting. This was a horse who was in their early teens, and you know, she kept saying, how can I change the diet to give them more energy? The horse kind of fizzles out. It was doing, you know, FEI level dressage. And we went through a lot of different things. Honestly, the little dietary changes never made a difference. And at the same time, she was pursuing some veterinary work as well. And ultimately, one of the things that I suggested was let's test this horse for Cushing's because exercise intolerance can be a symptom of Cushing's. Was the horse a little young for it? Yeah. Did he not have a lot of those outward expressions of PPID, so the crusty neck, the long hair coat, sure. But sure enough, he had early Cushing's. And then once he was medicated appropriately, his ability to exercise actually went up. So there are different health issues that can absolutely contribute to this. And I think that's something you should particularly keep in mind 
if your horse's energy level changes. If it used to be a much more forward horse and all of a sudden he fizzles out, that's a good indicator there's some underlying thing going on. It's solid. That's absolutely solid advice, you know, and always, I, I think we, we say this quite a bit in a lot of our podcasts, you know, if you suspect anything health related, always contact your veterinarian and it, it's just worth the conversation with them and said, you know, Skip was doing great the other day and today in the last few days has slowed way down. You know, like, like, uh, Dr. Rambo said, that's, that's definitely indicative of a health problem. Now, obviously, you know, we're talking diet. What are some of the dietary origins of a horse that might be a little bit lazy or unresponsive? So a lot of times you'll find lazy types tend to be your easy keepers who may even be overweight. So the question is, what can I add to my horse's diet to like give him a little more energy? It's not about adding anything to his diet. It, it might be taking something away, which is calories. So when a horse gains weight, there's just that much more horse that they have to haul around as you ask them to do a job. So a lot of times it becomes a fitness and a weight control type thing that if we get some of the weight off those horses, they do have a little bit more pep in their step. So in those cases, it would depend on your base diet, but we would look at cutting some calories. So first we would definitely want to look at going from a higher calorie feed to a lower calorie feed. So if you're feeding like a high fat feed, we take a step down. A lot of times it looks like just feeding a ration balancer, like essential K or wholesome blends balancer. So you still get all the nutrients they need, the amino acids, the trace minerals, the vitamins with less calories. And then if you're like, my horse is still fat and he is still lazy, we start looking at the forage. Obviously, forage is the foundation of the diet, and I'm a huge proponent of feeding as much forage as possible. I personally would much rather feed a hard keeper than an easy keeper because I find it easier myself, but because I want to feed as much hay as possible. But, you know, if we have to look at limiting those calories, we've done whole podcasts on this, but very briefly, we'd look at a less energy dense hay. So like going from something with a lot of alfalfa to just a grass type hay, and then thinking about the amount keeping in mind that we want to feed at least one and a half percent of their body weight every day in forage. Sometimes we'll squeeze it down lower for a short period of time for that really overweight horse, but we want to make sure there's still a good forage foundation, but it's a source of a lot of calories in some horses' diets. Maybe if they're out on pasture, that looks like a grazing muzzle, but that would be a dietary reason that a horse may be on the lazier side just because they're hauling around a lot of extra weight. It makes it more difficult for them to do their job. Now, conversely, because I'm thinking, oh, they need more energy in the diet because they don't have enough. That's why they're lazy. But it does it does make a lot of sense if, if they are overweight and, and straining themselves. But let's say the horse is a little bit on the skinny side. You know, it, it, it's in a body condition score of like three and a half and just doesn't have a lot of energy. It's very lethargic. It's not a health reason you know, would you look at increasing energy in the diet in that horse? Oh, absolutely. And, and that definitely does happen. Um, you definitely hear the examples of someone who has sold a horse that was on the thinner side, like not emaciated, but thin. And then once they fed it up, it was a little bit more horse than they realized. So yeah, I mean, 
Unfortunately, that's a way that sometimes horses are kept more calm is keeping them a little bit on the skinnier side. So in that case, you know, we want to bring them to that body condition score of five where ribs are easily felt, but not easily seen. And then you do that through first looking at your forage program and then looking at sources of additional calories through your complete feed. But yeah, that is a good example that I wasn't even thinking about is sometimes horses, because they don't get enough energy, don't have enough energy to go do a job. Now, with some of these horses, you know, because we were talking about energy, there's some other nutrients, because I'm thinking vitamins or minerals that could be again, some imbalances. I know we talked about this with the anxious horse, but could there be some imbalances there that could be contributing to this laziness behavior? Sure. If a horse is chronically depleted of nutrients, thinking some of your vitamins and minerals, it is possible that could impact their behavior. I would say that's a lot more rare than a horse who's just either underfed or naturally on the lazy side, but definitely kind of as one of the things you mark off the list early is, am I providing my horse all of the nutrients that it needs? Absolutely. We'd want to kind of mark that box. I'd say that would be a relatively rare reason that a horse doesn't have enough energy. Now that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Now, if we do focus on the energy in the diet, you know, if, if, I guess are really the two examples that the, the picture you've painted is you have a horse that's probably over-conditioned versus under-conditioned. If we start with the over-conditioned horse and, you know, we want to, like you said, you had great explanation starting with forage, but I still need to meet its, its other nutrients. So what type of energy should I be focused on to get them to drop weight? And, you know, what would be some of their feeding recommendations that you would give somebody uh, faced with that situation? Yep. So in that particular situation, I mean, basically all your calories are coming from your forage. So it's fiber calories. And we're going to provide those additional nutrients through a ration balancer like Essential K or Wholesome Blends Balancer because that's a low calorie way to fill in the gaps. I know it's super tempting in these cases to be like, well, why don't I just like add a little bit of oats or a little bit of sweet feed to pep them up? A, it's probably not going to work. Okay, so the tiny amount that you'd even be able to give these horses, it's quick energy, like maybe you'll trot a lap. I don't know, but it's not going to fundamentally change things. It's also going to cause them to gain more weight. And the other fascinating thing is that if you do feed a good chunk of it, say you're like, whatever, I'm going to feed them a couple pounds of some sugary thing because that's quick energy. Maybe it'll pep them up. It's going to cause spikes in glucose, which cause spikes in insulin. And one of the things that insulin does is it tells the body if it already has enough nutrients to put nutrients towards fat storage. That makes it really hard to get a horse to lose weight if you're essentially telling the body, please store fat. Um, So, you know, unfortunately in those cases, when we're talking about that overweight horse, that's not going to get more pep in the step. You're just going to kind of continue that cycle that you're already in. We also know it's not healthy. That's going to lead to things like equine metabolic syndrome. So you're just going to further down that path. That's not necessarily healthy and it's not going to make that horse have any more energy. Let's get the weight off and then focus on the training component to get them a little sharper off your aids. That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Now, if we flip the coin, and go to our under-conditioned horse, 
what are, I guess, some of your recommendations and, and sources of energy that you would be looking at to, to help them put on weight safely and give them, like you said, more pep in that step? Yeah. So with those horses, I'm going to focus on feeds that provide calories through fat and fiber. I don't necessarily want to feed a skinny horse a lot of sugar and starch. In the extreme case, that can actually cause some serious metabolic issues if we're talking about refeeding the starved horse. In this case, we're talking about a horse who just hasn't had enough calories. I'm always going to rely on mostly fat, mostly fiber with a balance of non-structural carbohydrates. It's a really safe way for a horse to gain weight. And realistically, I'm just going to let that horse gain weight. And then once it's healthy, then I'm going to focus on why is it lazy? Because a lot of times, once you get that weight back on, you may have a totally different horse. Now, you said two buckets or two types of horses. Don't forget, I have my third type of horse, who is a horse who is in good body condition. It's getting some additional calories to do its job. So this is not just a ration balancer horse. But it is a horse that you're saying is running out of energy to do its job. So maybe it starts out strong and it doesn't stay that way. People ask, what can I do nutrient-wise to help this horse? How can I change the diet? Kind of two different things we can think about here. So a lot of times those horses are doing harder jobs. So it requires some level of conditioning. So focusing on a fitness program, it's not just doing the skill type work for that particular job. It's actually just putting time in the saddle to get them more fit. The other thing to think about is when you feed your meal. So this is pretty interesting when we shift to like the lazy performance horse who's doing a harder job, who just runs out of energy. So in this particular case, especially if you're feeding something a little higher NSC, when they perform relative to when they eat their meal does matter. So I keep talking about blood glucose releases blood insulin and that's going to peak about two hours after a meal. And what that insulin is doing is it's telling the glucose from the meal where to go, telling it to go to muscle, telling it to be stored in fat, things like that. If your horse is then exercising while blood insulin is high as a result of having that meal, all of a sudden we have an issue where we've used up the glucose really quickly. So the body's relying on that blood glucose to support doing the job, but the insulin over there is sending it places. So you can actually have a pretty big dip in glucose if you're working a horse hard about two hours after it's had a meal. That could explain why the horse could hit the wall and just run out of energy. And that'd be a good example of like, sometimes you're at a show and he's fine. Sometimes he's not. If you think about, well, when did I show relative to when he was fed versus what do I do when I'm training? Maybe he's fed in the morning and I don't come and take my lesson till the afternoon versus at a show you might feed and then be in an early class. So that's one thing to think about for that performance horse who runs out of steam. Another one is the type of calories. So again, sugar and starch are fast calories. A lot of times they're saying my horse doesn't have the endurance to do his job. That's where fat is really helpful. So fat is a long sustaining energy source. So when we combine fat with conditioning, it takes a couple weeks, but what the body does is it upregulates the enzymes to use fat to sustain work. So to sustain the use of ATP or which is your energy currency to sustain that work, the body can learn to use fat and it's a longer lasting energy. So sometimes on these horses, we'll tweak the diet, provide more of our calories through fat. Maybe we're just going to provide 
more fat on top and up your conditioning program to train the horse's body to use those. So it's kind of a combination that can be a little bit tricky and it's going to depend on your discipline, but the type of calories we use for the higher performance horse who runs out of steam and you might call lazy combined with conditioning can make a difference. Uh, it's, <laughs> I see your brain working. It's just, Oh, it, it, it is, uh, you know, and, and I'm tying it into human performance too. You know, it, it's how it's changed so much in the last couple of decades and how advanced nutrition has gotten for our equine athletes. Oh, absolutely. And yet, like the temptation is always, hey, what if I add some oats? It's same <laughs> thing. Like my horse is running prelim and he runs out of energy. I tried adding oats. It didn't help. That would be like a super common question that I've gotten. I said, think about the type of horse that uses that type of energy. They're racehorses. They're done in a minute and a half. You're asking a horse to do a job for an extended period of time. You don't want the same energy source. So those quick that quick energy is basically never the solution unless we're maybe talking about a racehorse. Right, right. Now, I, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball because in this discussion, the, these one type of horses keep coming up in my head, and that's the metabolic horse, the horse that has some metabolic issues. How would you approach them if if they're a little bit lazy or you know the owner perceives them as lazy from a dietary perspective? Because those ones are a little bit more tricky, right? Sure. And you're definitely more hamstrung on what you can feed them and the amount and all of that. Most of your metabolic types tend to be overweight. So they're still going to follow that same recommendation, which is address your calories and then address it with fitness and training. Rarely, we do sometimes have horses who are metabolic and also need additional calories. Those horses, we're still going to have to use fat and fiber because that's the safe way to add additional calories in their diet. I would also say it's relatively rare to have a horse. Um, you know, I did have my Cushing's doing the FEI dressage example, but I would say it's relatively rare to have a horse who is advanced to, you know, equine metabolic syndrome who's still doing a high performance job. Part of its age, right? It tends to be an issue that comes up later in the horse's life. So they're probably more likely to have stepped down. I will also say that one of the main factors that increases your risk of developing equine metabolic syndrome is obesity. If your horse is doing a harder job, they're less likely to be obese because they're exercising. Therefore, you're decreasing the risk of equine metabolic syndrome. So I would say most of the horses you're talking about. It's more, let's get the weight off of them and then address the sharpness to the aids with a training type regimen, plus some fitness work to the extent that they're able to do so. If they've had laminitis, you're limited in how much exercise and how much kind of pounding on their legs you can do. So it's definitely a balance there. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 it is, it is, it is. Now, great explanations as always, Nicole, and, and your expertise is, is, is definitely valuable. So I, I really hope our listeners get a lot out of this. And again, if you have any questions, you know, I don't know how much we can push this. <laughs> it's just reach out to the team. You know, it, it, it's a free consultation on attacking these issues with your horses and, and uh, always there for you. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you for those reviews on iTunes. Uh, it, it's helping us pick up circulation as we, we spread this knowledge, this free knowledge to, to horse owners around the world and keep sharing on social media. But thank you so much and stay tuned for next week. Thanks, Chris.